Welcome back. So last week we talked about spanking and we talked about, you know, the, the way the parents use consequences. But today we're going to kind of back up a little bit and talk about behavior in general and what, what is often referred to as the ABCs of behavior. Right. We talked about, we talked last week about spanking in particular, but spanking as a consequence for the child's behavior, uh, a way to change behavior. We use spanking as a way to either change behavior or some parents use spanking to, to what they refer to as get the child under control. Right. stimulus control, um, get obedience, show the child who's boss, right. all these different reasons for, for spanking. But typically spanking is used to change a child's behavior either. You know, typically a child displays a negative behavior, undesirable behavior, and parents spank to stop that behavior. So it's a, it's a way of behavior change. But spanking or, or spanking seen in that context is a consequence. Right. But consequences are part of a larger method or way of managing children right. that is often referred to as a, the ABCs of parenting. Well, it's, it's, it's one part of the sequence that, that, that um, of, of what a behavior is, you know, or when we see right. behaviors, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's the consequence or the, the punishment or the reward even um, it is just one third of, of the entire mechanism that maintains a, a behavior. Right. And that's, that's what we wanted to talk about today. We wanted to expand the discussion some right. to the entire spectrum. The ABC is the entire, you know, spanking is the consequence, right? But consequence is part of a larger um, context that we want to put behavior in. And, um, and so um, we want to emphasize children. Uh, last week, we emphasized spanking children because if you hit an adult, you're charged with a crime. Right. And if you spank, spank or hit um, an adult, if you spank somebody else's child, you could be charged with a crime. Um, the only place, ironically, the only place where there are exceptions is if state legislatures permit school officials to paddle children. You can't use your hand. Right. You can use an object. Right. So the place we send children to get educated is the only place left where they can be physically um, punished. Right. uh, Corporal punishment. A bit of an irony there, but we'll get into that later. Um, So when we talk about the rationale for spanking, typically we hear things like I was spanked and I turned out okay. Yeah. Other parents say, well, you have to have consequences. Right. You have to show the kids, you know, and, and it's necessary to teach kids a lesson. Um, how else are you going to get these uh, very important lessons into kids? And many people talk about, um, use religious, uh, biblical um, admonitions, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child, right. that sort of thing, that there's almost this obligation. But <clears throat> as we were talking last week, there's four things about spanking. Um, when we hear people say, well, I was spanked and I turned out okay. First question that comes to mind is who decided that you were okay? You know, right. um, I, I appreciate, well, but. Well, not just you know. that, that who decided are you okay, but um, the big question that I always ask is, um, sure, okay, you turned out okay, but did your parents have to spank you for, in order for you to turn out okay? And that's the other issue. Could, could it have been done some other way and still right. done the same? You know? 
Right. And the second, last week we talked about that um, longitudinal study that right. was reported in The Lancet um, that shows that not only a study is spanking not necessary, it may do more harm than good. Right. Okay. Um, many parents are, well, I have to have consequences. I have to do something. Um, and we have to teach kids a lesson. We have to teach them who's boss. We have to teach them to obey. Okay. So what we wanted to talk about, therefore, is to expand the discussion uh, beyond spanking to consequences in more general terms. Okay. Right. And we have no disagreement with that. We, we, right. we absolutely believe that consequences are absolutely an essential uh, part of child rearing or classroom management. But consequences are just one of the tools that parents have. Right. And for some reason, you, you get the feeling that many parents and teachers, school, it's not just parents. Many people have this erroneous notion that consequences are the only tool that I can use to manage my children, you know, that, that I have to, I have to do the, these things to them to, um, to show them. And that's, that, that's all we have. Um, but now consequences might be effective for some things. I'm, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure that we all use them. My goodness, our grandparents use them. Right. You know, if, if you, if you finish, eat your, eat your uh, food, then you can have dessert. Right. Those are consequences, right? right? So so they are effective for something, but they depend, it all depends on how you use them and right. what they're intended to accomplish. Well, I think that, and I, as we're getting started in this conversation, I, I think that there's it's a couple of things that are important to, to sort of throw out there at the beginning. The, the first is that um, when we say that consequences are just part of it, um, when we think about the ABCs, we're thinking about um, what's called antecedents or, or something that, that happens before the behavior happens. Mm -hmm. um, the behavior itself is a B and then this is the consequence. Now there, there is a consequence of every behavior. Um, right. if, if a kid is playing his video game mm -hmm. and he's enjoying it, that enjoyment is the consequence of playing the video game. It, it right. doesn't, you know, so, so consequences are not necessarily something that we apply or, or put place upon someone. It's not something necessarily that we do. Every behavior has a consequence. Right. Um, so, so it's not this magical, mysterious thing that just is going to change behavior automatically. Right. Every behavior has a consequence. Right, because in a, in a very real sense, a consequence is also just our response to the behavior. Right. Well, when you, um, you know, little kids will say silly things and adults will laugh. Well, the consequence of the behavior is adults laughing. Okay? Right. So that's a consequence. And the consequences have consequences. Right. And, well, and, so and the very, child does it again. Right. And very often the consequence of one behavior becomes the antecedent or what, what leads into the next behavior. So using right. an example, the child does something, everybody laughs. The kid likes the attention, likes making everybody happy. And so the child does it again. So your laugh <laughs> triggered or became the epitus of the child behaving again. And so then oh, the next behavior, right. right. Okay. The other thing about consequences is going back to that ABC model, consequences occur after the behavior, right? They're applied 
or they occur after the behavior occurs. Right. Okay. But the other thing we want people to understand, what we're asking our listeners to understand today is a very fundamental difference in the way you think about consequences. Right. Because consequences should be applied to a behavior, not to a person. And, and I think that that we've talked about this before on other podcasts, but this is a fundamental, I think, mm-hmm. misunderstanding of, of behaviorism in general. You know, when you, mm-hmm. when you go back to the, the father of behaviorisms or, or one of the fathers of behaviorism, Skinner, um, whenever he talked about rewards and punishments, he was only talking about the behavior. He wasn't right. talking about the pigeons or the rats or any of the animals or even humans um, that being rewarded or punished. He was talking about the behavior. And, and you only know if a behavior is rewarded or punished based upon what happens next. If, if the behavior is less likely to happen again, that behavior was punished. If the behavior is more likely to happen again, that behavior was rewarded. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have necessarily have anything to do specifically with the person. It has to do with what happens with the behavior. That's right. So, so a spanking, we can see spanking. Oh, a spanking is something is a punishment. But if the if the spanking doesn't change the behavior, doesn't change the likelihood of the behavior happening, mm-hmm. it's not a punishment. Right. Right. You know, in our field, we stand on the shoulders of two monumental figures. One is Sigmund Freud, because right. he was the first, technically the first psychiatrist or psycho, psychologist, if you wish. He, he was trained, to, he was a neurologist by training. But Sigmund Freud started something that nobody else had done before. Okay, so whether you agree or disagree with him, he invented, he created this movement. The second person is B.F. Skinner. Right. B.F. Skinner fundamentally changed how we deal with each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And what B.F. Skinner did, and and with all the training that I've had, I didn't appreciate this until much later in my professional life. The the real contribution that B.F. Skinner made was to say, stop punishing people and start focusing on behaviors instead of people. Right. Because prior to that, you know, uh, this term beat the devil out of the child. Mm -hmm. Um, You literally hit the child, uh, beat the devil out of the child because kids were possessed. No, he said, no, that's, it's not, it's not about the child. It's not about punishing the child. It's about changing the behavior. Mm-hmm. And so he redefined the word punishment. Right. I think prior to Skinner, punishment was physically hurting somebody or, you know, um, emotionally or physically or verbally hurting somebody. Right. And B.F. Skinner said, no, 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 it doesn't have to be that. We could let's use the term punishment to say we're going to reduce the behavior, right? Or eliminate the behavior. Okay. Yeah. And, and the, that does make a big difference. Right. Um, it makes a huge difference. Right. Because you, you're looking at it's the it's the focus. And um and you know, as of course, as we as things progressed in the field, you know, mm-hmm. we started to really be interested in relationships. Uh, relationship between the parent and the child and of course punishing the child as opposed to punishing the behavior punishing the child negatively affects the behavior that negatively affects the relationship right so that's why we kind of got into this phase now of trying to avoid that idea of punishing the child 
Right. You need to right. focus on the behavior. That's right. If you if you if you make one single change in your parenting, it's to stop thinking about punishing your child. And I don't care how old the child is, whether it's a new a, a newborn or an older teenager. Stop thinking about punishing the child and start thinking about punishing the behavior. Focus on the behavior. If you focus on the behavior, you're not going to hurt your child. You're not going to damage any relationships. Okay. We have to stop thinking about, well, I have to punish my daughter. Or I have to punish my son or I have to punish some, anybody. Right. Um, stop thinking about people. Conversely, stop rewarding people. Right. And instead reward behaviors, focus on behaviors. And how can I get the behavior to increase? Uh, you know, Alfie Cohen, the name Alfie Cohen comes up. Alfie Cohen was, is a journalist, essentially, but is also a parent. And he's written volumes on we shouldn't reward children. Right. Okay. And, and people have a hard time, with, and we shouldn't punish children. And we have a hard time grappling with this notion of you don't reward children. But I think all Alfie Cohen is saying is that uh, is the same thing we're saying is don't reward or punish people, reward and punish behavior. Focus on the behavior rather than the person. Right. Another author who's who's written a lot about it is um, Daniel Pink. He, he wrote a book uh, called Drive, and it's talking more about business um, um, applications, but reviews a lot of literature that talks about, you know, rewards and punishments don't mm -hmm. work. That is a very basic if we want to use the word primitive um, approach to managing behavior. Right. And so it's, you know, but again, when we're thinking about, so when we're thinking about consequences, we have to think about what's happening with the behavior, not, not the person, but what's happening with the behavior and, and, and consequences right. are, are meant to either increase a behavior or decrease a behavior. Um, it's going to do That's one right. of those two things. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, it can get really complicated if we want to get into the, um, sure. all the, all the, all the minutiae, but you can, you can, you can apply a consequence by either giving the person something, um, mm -hmm. as a positive thing, what's positive re reinforcement or positive punishment even, mm -hmm. or we can, um, change a behavior, um, or apply a consequence by taking away something, which is just, of course, called negative. So, you can, uh, we want to reinforce a behavior, increase the likelihood that it happens again, or we can punish a behavior and decrease the likelihood of it happening again. That's and right. then within those two, you can have a positive reinforcement or a negative reinforcement, or you can have a positive punishment mm -hmm. or negative punishment. Yeah, even the terms, options. right, even the terms are odd because when we teach this and we say to students, well, this is positive punishment, and we say, wait, how can you have both positive? Well, because we're using those terms differently now. Right. Um, and this is part of rethinking how you're going to deal with your children. A positive punishment, it's positive because you're giving the child something. Right. And it's punishment because the behavior is decreasing. Right. So so if we um, if we want to think about it in, in really bizarre ways, um, you know, if you want to stop if you want the child to stop a behavior mm -hmm. and for them to stop a behavior, you give them something right. that's, that's called a positive punishment. You're, right. you're decreasing the behavior mm -hmm. by giving them something. 
Right. Okay. All right. A spanking is a positive punishment. Right. Because if it, if it, if it works, if it decreases the behavior. Right. Um, if you, you know, it, again, it can get complicated and I don't want it to get, I don't want to make it more complicated, but if your child is screaming and crying in the, in the grocery store aisle because they want some candy, if you give them the piece of candy, that's a positive punishment. You're giving them candy to stop the crying at that moment. But what we know <laughs> happens is in the long term, the that's next right. time you're in that aisle, the child's going to cry again. That's right. Because the child knows that if they cry, they're going to get it. Well, so what right. that meant was that that was a positive reinforcer because you're giving the child something and it actually is increasing the likelihood that the behavior will happen the next time you go to the store. So right. it's not like, um, oh, this is a punish punishment or this is a this is a reinforcement. It, it's not as black and white as we tend to think that it is. It gets much more complicated because every decision that we make, every consequence that we apply right. is going to have immediate um, effects and they're going to have long term effects. And those two may be very different. That's right. And so we say it's equal parts behavior management and common sense. Right. Because yeah, you're going to stop the crying right now. Right. But you're going to you're going to be facing this again in the future. Common sense tells you hmm, I'm going to have to do this every time. I'm going to have to do the same thing. Um, you know, a good example of negative punishment is a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. And we tell parents just walk away. Right. Ignore. So you're taking your attention away. Right. And the, and the temper tantrum stops. Right. Okay? That's negative punishment. You're taking your attention to stop the behavior. Okay. So that's what we beg, we plead with parents to stop thinking about punishing your child. Mm -hmm. And every time I say that, the phrase take her phone comes to mind. Right. Because that's what many parents say, well, I have learned that if I take her phone, she'll do whatever I want. Okay. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're taking something away to okay. either increase or decrease her behavior. So you're kind of doing this. Right. But you're doing it in a less thoughtful way than we would like for you to. And we want to talk about using, using the same techniques, but using them more wisely, more mindfully, and more effectively. Right, right. Yeah, so again, we could do a, we could do a whole podcast series on, on how all of these work and, and everything. Um, you know, when, you're, when, your child, when you have your child on restrictions, um, and they're, they're not allowed to drive or they're not allowed to play their video games. Um, mm -hmm. and then over the next couple of days, they behave really well. They do all their chores. They do all the things that they're supposed to do. Right. And you say, man, you have done such a great job over the last couple of the days. I really appreciate how much you've helped. You, you know what? You, you, you could, we'll end your punishment early. You can go ahead and play your games tonight. Right. That's called negative reinforcement. Right. All right? Yeah. You took away the punishment. You took right. away the punishment to increase the likelihood that they will continue to do their, um, the, those good behaviors. The, the That's right. Yeah. So, again, we could do, mm -hmm. we could do a series of projects. So, so what we want <laughs> we could and should maybe right. um, let us know. So we want to use consequences more mindfully, more thoughtfully. Um, you're already, you're already doing this. You're already doing many of these things. What we want to do is we want to, we want to refine your abilities to use them more effectively, okay? So being more mindful <clears throat> begins with, instead of punishing or reinforcing, rewarding your child, 
we want you to start thinking about punishing or rewarding their behavior. Um, the, this just switching your thinking from punishing my child to punishing a behavior puts everything in a different light. Right. Now, what are some things that people do that target people rather than behaviors? Well, first one is spanking. Right. You're going to inflict some pain on the child, right. either embarrassment or physical pain, discomfort, something on the person. Right. <laughs> and I keep thinking about um, you don't ever want to use your hand, so pick up an object to spank your child, which again, to me, seems odd that you would pick up an object to hit somebody you care about. But, um, but we'll talk about that in a second. But there's a second one called response cost. Right. And response cost is I'm going to take something because of what you did. And so um, you uh, took a dessert that you weren't entitled to. So now I'm going to take away computer time. Right. That's the cost. A parking ticket is a good example of response cost or a speeding ticket. Well, I, I think that the, the importance here is that something is taken with the goal of causing pain or causing discomfort in, right. in the child. But, but it's also, you know, when it's used in the way that we're talking about here, it's used um, very inappropriately because usually the things that's taken has nothing to do with what, you're, what behavior you're wanting to change. Exactly. So if your child, using that example, if your child takes a dessert that they weren't entitled to or takes a snack that they're not supposed to have at that time, um, and you take away computer time or you take away their phone, there's no relationship between those two things. You're just doing that just to cause pain or discomfort to the child. You're not doing that to change the behavior. Right. Because if you wanted to change the behavior, you would get rid of all the, those snacks in the house. You know, right. that, would, that would make it to where the child doesn't take those snacks anymore. You make two really good points there that I want to hammer away on. One is that if the problem is the child is stealing desserts, then do away with them. You don't need them anyway. I mean, it's not like you're taking food away. Right. You're taking a treat away, okay? So if the child stop, will not stop taking sweets out of the cupboard, just don't buy sweets. Right. You know, you would never care if the child was eating carrots or celery. Nobody would care, okay? You only care if it's a sweet treat, okay? So if you don't bring sweet treats in, you eliminate the problem. That's, that's what we talk about, focusing on the behavior rather than... You know, I mean, there are parents who say, no, we're going to have sweets in our house. And by God, this kid has to learn that he can't take what he doesn't unless he asks. Man, you're setting up. But it's fine. That, that's fine. But you have to recognize that you're setting the kid up and you're setting yourself up for frustration and for these kinds of situations where the child is going to make bad decisions because kids make bad decisions. <laughs> Right. Get used to the idea that kids are going to try to get away with stuff. Okay. Right. Most kids. But the second point you make is it may work to take your child's computer time for taking a dessert. That may work, but what is the cost to, to your relationship? Right. Okay. My parents say, well, by God, if I take her phone, she'll do what I want. Right. But when you take your child's phone, you're asking for trouble. Um, that, that's a, um, you know, what is the cost right. to your relationship by 
interfering in that way with their lives. I'm not right. saying you shouldn't do it, but I'm saying you have to be thoughtful and you have to say, okay, if I take her phone, she's going to really, really be, is that the only thing you can do? Right. Well, and, and I think that um, what parents don't necessarily appreciate is that kids recognize that those two things are not related. They recognize that you're just doing that just to upset them. And, and it kind of goes into a, another way that we know when we are punishing people, targeting people instead of behaviors, is that you're only doing that to show the child who's boss. Right. Um, you know, you only spank a child so that the child knows that you're in control. You only take things away from the child um, to let them know that you have the ability. You know, how many times have we heard parents say, you know, um, well, this is my house. And in my house, this is what mm -hmm. we do. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're saying that I'm the boss. I'm the dictator. I'm the one that makes all the rules and all the, and, and, and you know, we live in the South. That is a very common way that people think. And, and, you know, and just because it's common doesn't mean that it's right. And just because it, it's common doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily ne negatively affect the relationship. You know, it doesn't work that way. You know, it struck me the other day, not the other day, but some months ago. This phrase that I'm sure most parents have used is, this is my house. Right. And you have to take, you know, and I'm thinking, what effect would that have on a typical teenager? Well, mom, if this is your house, I feel no obligation. I don't feel like cleaning your house. Right. Okay. If I have no, if I have no ownership, right. if I have no, uh, commitment. Imagine what a different message is you would give your child if you say, this is our house. We have to keep it clean. It right. belongs to all of us. We all share in the responsibility rather than pulling that Trump card out and saying, I don't mean Donald Trump card. I mean, card like playing Trump. Um, you play that, you play that big card of saying, this is my house and you will take care of it. What a different message you're sending to your children. Okay. Why should you clean somebody else's house? You know, just trash it. You're only going to be there. It's not yours. Okay. You have no ownership. You have no possession. You have no responsibility. Right. So anytime that you do something that you use a consequence that you're using mainly to hurt your child or to get your child's attention or to show your child who's boss, you are inviting an adversarial relationship. Right. And that's what we want you to avoid. It's not that you can avoid it completely, but you can, you can avoid the intensity of uh, creating an adversary relationship by the kinds of things you do to and with your child. Right. Now, when you talk about this phrase, show them who's boss. Mm -hmm. Very young children, parents of very young children, you know, the, the terrible twos and terrible threes, many parents see that as their children going into rebellion and they have to show them who's boss. And one of the ways they, that you show a two or three year old his boss is give him a pop on the butt um, is right. one of the phrases that we use or, you know, get the wooden spoon out or, you know, start that spanking paddling. That starts you down a slippery slope because what you're saying is I need to establish dominance. And one of the ways I'm going to do that is, is through physical means. Right. Right. You don't want to start down that slope because by the time you get an older teenager, <clears throat> there are parents who have real fistfights with their teenagers right. because they're going to establish dominance. 
you know, particularly dads, but it's not just dads. Many parents will establish control and dominance with physical means. And at some point, many, many children will start fighting back. Right. And so it's best to avoid that slope altogether. Right. And, and, it, and it leads to another issue. And that is, you know, what, what we really want is for consequences to teach the child something. Right. Yeah. We want we want the consequences at the, at the end of the day. We want the child to know that based upon this consequence from we, we engage in this behavior, this was the consequence. And this consequence taught us something about the behavior. And so if the consequence teaches us that when somebody upsets you, you hit them, right. it's not all that surprising that that child then has an increased probability, increased likelihood of hitting others when they're upset. Right. That's now, right. And, and, and I know there, there are listeners out there who, who hear that and think, you know, oh, that, that's, a, that's a myth. That's, the research is pretty consistent in showing that right. kids who are spanked are more likely to become physical with other people. Mm-hmm that's just the reality. So, you know, what we do, what we apply as a consequence is teaching the child something. So be mindful about what you're teaching them. Right. Yeah. When you, we said at the beginning of the podcast, we don't disagree with consequences, right? But we believe the consequences should teach children something other than who's the boss. I'm in control. This is mine. Um, When we talk about response costs, taking something, um, are you really teaching anything? Is it, I mean, yeah, the child's learning that you can hurt them, that you can punish, that, you know, you can create discomfort. But are, are you teaching anything beyond that? And I think with very young children, it's, it's particularly important with very young children because from birth to about five or six, those are the years that we should be teaching children how we want them to act, not punishing them for acting a certain way, but teaching them how we want them to behave. Right. Yeah. And I think that I I think a great example of that is, you know, I mean, how many times have you met with a kid? um, And and it's wonderful when you have a kid who is insightful enough to to recognize this. But they'll say, my parents tell me not to do that, but I don't know what they want me to do. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Right. right, We so often punish behaviors or Mm -hmm. we, we punish a child for doing something or we tell them don't do that again. But we never really tell them what to do. And we kind of assume that they know what to do. Um, right. That's, that's a, that's a, can be a dangerous assumption. Yeah. Um, and, and they say, well, I've told him a thousand times. Right. Well, so all you know is that telling him wasn't sufficient. Right. So you have to do something, but you don't have to punish more. Right. You have to teach more. Right. Okay. Because if you've told somebody a thousand times and they still don't have it, Okay, there's something else going on. You, uh, nobody should have to hear something a thousand times before they learn it, right. unless there's something wrong. Right. Stop. Stop talking and start doing. It, right. Um, okay. Third, don't wait for bad behavior to occur. Many parents wait for bad behavior to occur, and then they go into a full uh, assault mode. Right. Um, the problem with waiting for bad behavior to occur is that you're allowing the child to practice what you don't want. Right. I mean, if you, if you wait for the tantrum or the emotional meltdown to occur, right. well, you're just, you're just creating practice right. events for the child. You're, you're practicing, you're practicing temper tantrums. Um, right. And so the brain gets good at what it does repeatedly. Right. So if you're doing something over and over and over again, you're going to get very good at it. Right. So the goal is to prevent it from occurring to begin with. And so that's why we want to move 
away from consequences. Right. Now, um, and I think that the the other piece to this, um, now we're gonna we're gonna talk about antecedents, the A part of the ABCs. We're gonna talk about that in the next podcast. Right. But mm-hmm. um, but but I think a, a, another piece that we have to think about with consequences is that there are many times that we do things as a consequence, and I mentioned this earlier, that then becomes the antecedent of the next behavior. And so, and, and time and time and time again, parents will apply a consequence that invites another bad behavior mm-hmm. um, or, or provokes a child to respond. Like if you, if you know that saying a certain thing to your child sets them off because your child has, you know, maybe some emotional dysregulation or they, they have a temper. Um, you know, many times parents who have tempers have kids with tempers. Um, but if you know that doing a certain thing sets them up, why do that thing? Mm-hmm. Well, they, and parents will say, well, they need to learn that they can't do that. Well, they're <laughs> not learning that, not in that way. Right. So, so you need to, we need to be careful that we're not poking the bear. We're not inviting the bad behavior through the things that we're doing or asking or, or, or mm-hmm. applying to the child in response to a behavior. Right. Yeah. So you don't want to invite bad behavior by tempting kids. I mean, many, many parents, we used to do a program years and years ago, uh, weight reduction in kids or body changing body shape in kids. We didn't like to talk about diets. Um, and we would say to parents, well, look, you're going to have to stop bringing sweets into the house because that's going to get in the way of, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. This, this kid has to learn that you, you can't have them. You know, it's okay for me to eat them. I'm not going to deny. Parents will say that. Right. I'm not going to deny myself or my other kids just because this kid, you know, can't control herself. Right. No, that you're just inviting trouble. Right. I mean, you're asking for trouble. Right. And the other piece of that is that, you know, the parents themselves have such a hard time letting go of those sweets. But in the, but then again, they expect the child just to let it go. You know, you know we want we want you to exercise self. You, you have to learn how to exercise self-control. I'm not going to, but I want you to. Okay. Absolutely. And that's that's um, that's inviting bad behavior. Um, I, there are cases where people will actually leave items out. Yeah. to see if the child will take it. Uh-huh. And then if the child takes it, they come crashing in with a response cost consequence. And so here's the kid thinking, okay, you're leaving it out here. This is some sort of a game we're playing where I'm going to see if I can get away with it. Right. And I might steal and blame it on another sibling or steal and just keep denying it and say, I didn't do it. Um, you're inviting, you're inviting, um, a, you're inviting behavior that you don't want in the first place. Right. And you're tempting the child. Why? So you can teach a lesson. Right. Don't go, don't start down that path to begin with. Right. And we do that oftentimes with, with just our questions. If you, if you know that your child wants to go play Xbox and you know that they haven't done their homework yet, don't (laughs) ask them, Hey, do you have homework? Don't ask them that because you know, they're going to, the, the, say no. <laughs> no, even if they have homework is pretty high. They're, 98 they're, out of hundred are going to say, Nope, don't have any tonight. Yeah. Just, so don't even ask the question. Just say, Hey, get your backpack out and let's make sure you don't have any homework first. Right. And then you can play Xbox. That's right. Very yeah. easy. It accomplishes the same thing, but you're not setting the child up to, to, to lie. That's right. I'm going to ask a question to test their truthfulness. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, do you have homework or not? Just 
assume that they do and let's go out and take care of that first. Then right. you have free time. Yeah. Okay? And then the last thing is never provoke. Um, d- don't, we, we usually say, use a non-confrontational approach to parenting. Don't confront, don't provoke. Um, kids are human too. And um, whether they love you or respect you, if you poke them hard enough, they're going to react badly. Right. And even the best kids will react badly if you poke them hard enough. So, um, and, and I know that there are, um, we've had many situations where fathers and teenage, fathers and teenage sons will begin to get into a power struggle when the, when the son starts to feel that he can, you know, stand toe to toe with dad. And it's not unusual for boys to do that. I mean, sure. m- most boys don't, but some do. And, and the dad will provoke the son right. into becoming just to show, just to teach him a lesson. Right. Um, that's not a good lesson for any kid to learn. Right. Absolutely. Now, so. one of the things that I do think is important to, to mention before we wrap up for today is this, is the idea of naturally occurring consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the most ideal, the, the best types of consequences are those that naturally occur. Right. But I think that parents many times have a, a, a strong misunderstanding of what naturally occurring consequences are. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I'll just use a, a simple example. Um, let's say that, um, you know, let's say that your child is getting ready for school the next morning, but and even if it's a teenager um, and you have set it up at your house where your teenager is responsible for their own laundry, right? So they have to, they have to wash their own clothes and everything like that. Um, and so the, the child wants to go out um, to a, um, out with some friends or something. And when they come out to go out with their friends, they're wearing a shirt that has a stain on it. Um, some parents will say that a naturally occurring consequence to that is that, well, if you don't have clean clothes, you can't go with your friends. That that's a naturally occurring consequence. Well, it's not a naturally occurring consequence if you have to do something, if you have to apply something to your child as a response to what they're doing. So, so saying you don't have any clean clothes, therefore you can't go out with your friends. That's not a naturally occurring consequence. That's, that's a punishment that you're applying. The naturally occurring consequence would be if they go out with their dirty shirt, with their stained shirt, and they experience some social consequence, some social consequence Mm -hmm. to that. Right. Mm-hmm. That people say something to them about having a stained shirt or that other people will say, you know, did you do you didn't do your laundry or what's going on with that? Or that's the naturally occurring consequence. So so we have to be mindful that we're not thinking that we're doing a, a naturally occurring consequence. So then we're just keep doing it over and over and over again. Right. When we're really just applying a punishment. Right. You know, I think it's Stephen Covey in, in one of his books talks about, pretty sure it's Covey, who talks about tra- uh, teaching his kids to take care of their bicycles. Mm-hmm. And he always said to them, well, you know, when you take them out, you've got to lock them up. Don't leave them outside uh, at night. You know, bring them into the garage and all that, teaching them responsibility. And one of his kids left the bike out and was stolen. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the natural consequence? Many parents would say, well, I have to punish the child for not doing what I said. Right. No, the natural consequence, you don't have a bike. Right. I'm not going to want to buy you another one. The, the, the natural consequence already happened. It's already, it's already there. Use it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and so, now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Now you can say to the child, okay, this is a lesson. You know, we talked about this. How do you want to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to go out and buy me. No, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to go out and buy you another one. Um, I think you're going to have to earn money, uh, decide what bike you want, and then we're going to have to set up a, a plan. I'm not going to give you the money, right? but I'll, I'll help you figure out how to earn the money so that you can replace the bicycle. Right. That's, that's a consequence to teach you something. Right. Not just, you didn't, you're not doing anything to the child. The child made the mistake. The child's paying the price, natural yeah. consequence. And, and the, the other piece to that is, and, and we also don't need to make the child feel bad about it. No. The child already feels bad about it. So instead of saying, see, I told you, you shouldn't have done it. I can't believe that you would do that. No, you just say, right. that sucks. It, mm-hmm. it sucks that your bike was stolen. Why do you think that happened? Well, because I left it out. You know, that's probably why we have that rule that you should bring it into, put it in the garage every night. So, um, so how, then you go into, so how are we going to fix this? What, what are we going to do? Um, and let the child solve the problem. Absolutely. You know, don't you solve the problem for the child. You let the child solve the problem. That's when consequences start to teach important life lessons. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the goal is to, is to make sure that the consequences are teaching um, those are important uh, lessons. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think that's it for today. In the next podcast, we're going to talk about antecedents, those things that come before the behavior. And so, right. Cause uh, frequently, frequently parents will say, well, what should I do? You know, if I can't have, if I don't have consequences, what else can I do? Well, one of the things is um, use natural consequences, uh, use consequences to teach. But in the next podcast, we're going to talk about all the other things you can do before you get to consequences. Absolutely. So, all right, that is it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.